Hi and welcome to another episode of Off the Field podcast where I sit down and speak with some of the leading minds in Indian sports business and media. I'm your host Akash Bhatt and my guest today is Ashish Shah. He's the CEO of Delhi Dynamos FC, a football team based in Delhi which competes in the Indian Super League and was previously the CEO of FC Chennai where they won the ISL title in 2015. He's a successful entrepreneur with an extensive background in business and commercial operations. having worked for major companies in india and the us across the it and insurance sectors welcome to the pod ashish how's it going thank you akash uh, it's going well um pleasure to be uh, on your uh, podcast and uh, looking forward to this engagement well it's a pleasure to have you on the show as well i'm very excited about today's chat i'm going to jump straight into it so sure. can you tell us a little bit about your career path and how you really wound up rising to the ceo of two isl clubs what uh, perhaps is the ashish shah story if you may yeah yeah sure uh, it has a little bit of uh, luck involved so let me uh, explain what i mean uh-huh. uh, i i uh, you know grew up uh, during times when uh, in india if you were good in academics you basically did either engineering or medicine right. and i ended up in the engineering stream so i'm a computer engineer by education I uh, studied in US in fact in upstate New York mm-hmm. in Rochester mm-hmm. is where I did my computer engineering and then I spent about 20 years in the IT industry um about 5 uh, 6 years ago is when I uh, realized that you know this is not really what I wanted to do and I was you know just getting tired of uh, doing the work that I was doing uh, I was always very passionate about uh, sports and uh you know i i play a lot of uh, sports you know i run i used to run marathons back then mm-hmm. and i decided that you know i've had enough of the uh it world and i wanted to do something in sports so the best way for me was to just quit and i started my own uh, little outfit uh, called dynamic sports mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. i started by organizing uh, running events because that's the ecosystem that i knew Mm-hmm. so running running and you know running long distance running uh, in india has actually become quite uh, a big sport now big business as well so i started off by doing that and uh, after having launched that i was working with a couple of uh, people to launch a uh, a junior football league and in india okay and was speaking to a few possible sponsors and you know just about then as luck would have it the indian super league uh, got launched Mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. one of the franchises like you mentioned the one in chennai called chennai nfc mm-hmm. they approached me you know they were looking for somebody uh, who understood sports who understood startups because you know it was a new league a new club so it was a startup mm-hmm. so my uh, i think my experience you know with it and then whatever little that i knew about the sports business at that time it kind mm-hmm. of helped so that's mm-hmm. what i meant by luck you know i was there the right time right place and, uh, and that's and how the journey time, began and by this time you had already quit your job in the it sector oh absolutely i actually okay. did a clean break i quit and i started organizing these runs and it was already in you know two to an half years of doing okay. that and that's what you know that's what helped me because what they were looking for somebody who knew a bit about the sports uh, business ecosystem not necessarily football mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. you know startups and sports was the combination and that's how it kind of worked out and you know once that happened i spent 3 seasons there and then ended up in delhi so that's where i am right now what what was that experience like you know working for the first time with a, a new league which had just sprouted up 
uh, a very ambitious league to to put it. Um, what is that experience for you personally as well as you know professionally working in the Indian sports industry? Yes, uh, in one word, extremely chaotic. <laughs> but uh, I think that's that's what the fun fun of uh, any startup ecosystem is. Mm-hmm. Um, so although the title is a fancy uh, chief executive officer, I was you know pretty much employee number one. Mm-hmm. And I had to build a team from scratch. In fact, we were the last franchise off the block. So I remember the first season, we had about three months, you know, to actually get organized, create the squad, uh, you know, get the stadium, the entire infrastructure in place, and the league was to be, you know, launched. So um, it it was an exhilarating, I would say. You know, at that time, it was a lot, lot of, lot of hard work, a lot of learning along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know. Um, the the good part is that the sports ecosystem itself is not very mature in India. So, you know, everyone was kind of learning as we went. Uh, we obviously had the benefit of uh, the promoters, you know, who was uh, IMG and Reliance, along mm-hmm. with Star Sports as the media partner. So, obviously, that brought in, uh, you know, a lot of uh, exposure from international events. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a great, great learning. I put together my team and, you know, we were out there. Uh, and we actually, uh, you know, didn't perform very badly, you know, both uh, on and off the field. So it was great, great experience. Yeah, the first few seasons for the club were very successful. And, yeah. uh, you know, from, I, I wanted to really touch upon that point as well, but I was going to come to that at a later point. But, um, you know, it makes sense to bring it up right now. How did success both on the field and off the field affect, um, you know, your, um, the front office, to say, uh, for that matter? How did uh, How did that really affect people and the management that was really going after, say, the sponsorships or people trying to go out and, and make ticket sales. How did that success and failure on field really translate to business decisions as well as business or affect the business directly or indirectly? Yeah, sure. See, you know, end of the day, sports, you know, sports is all about uh, emotions. You know, all of us who work in this uh, industry, number one, and I found almost all of us are extremely passionate about sports. Obviously, you get very attached and passionate about your team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the team is uh, not performing and we have a bad day, of course, you know, it uh, rubs off. So does so does the other way. If you win, you know, you're all charged up. That's, that's, you know, very very normal. But I think from the senior management or CEO's perspective, it becomes very important for me, especially off the field, you know, the front office, as you call it, for... Mm -hmm people to kind of, uh, you know, not get swayed in either direction, you know, not get too excited when you win and not to kind of dejected when you don't win. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the kind of the management uh, skills or, you know, that that's what I work on uh, in, with my team is, you know, we have to focus uh, as long as we are headed in the right direction uh, with where the club needs to go. So, for example, very clearly Chennai was not, a football market when we started, unlike some of the other markets in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our, our our goal was to f- try and fill up the stadium as much as possible. So whatever we had to do in terms of fan engagement, stadia fill, uh, activations, using our players and the coach, etc., mm-hmm. we had to just continue doing that, whether we uh, you know lost or won. Uh, similarly with the sponsorships, like I said, it was year number one, so. We were actually out there educating the industry about the right. league and about, about us. So it, it, it was it was very tough, but 
you know, it was very important that uh, one keeps it school. Now, just to set a context, this is very, very relevant now in uh, in Delhi Dynamos because uh, you know we we didn't have a good season. Uh, we kind of didn't win any game, uh, first 12 games. Uh, but what was happening uh, on the field, we had to make sure you know didn't really uh, affect what we were doing off. And you know, it's 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 an ongoing. So you know, last two games we have won, and suddenly everyone's kind of all you know happy. But uh, for me, it's the same. We still have to go there. Uh, get those dollars in, get those ticket sales done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still need to go and um, you know get the players, make sure they have the right infrastructure for their uh, training and rehab, and uh, you know the entire uh, mechanism and the club needs to uh, keep on going. Right. I happened to watch one of your uh, keynote videos um, that was on YouTube at the World Auto <laughs> Forum. And, okay. Uh, that kind of like put gave you a little more context as to so, you know how teams are really looking at uh, non-traditional partners as well going forward. I mean, traditionally, if you look at it, Indian sport has been very conservative in working with brands that have kind of explored the sporting um, sponsorship and the uh, endorsement and, and all of that related to that side of the business. Now, what are the initial challenges both at Chennai and at Delhi um, when you were starting off going after, say, sponsorships or marketing or trying to work with some of these bigger players or people who had really not worked in the sponsorship space itself and were really trying to explore football as that vehicle for them to reach the masses or try to be, if it's a B2B product or if it's a B2C product, how and what are the challenges that you faced initially and something that you're currently facing as well at Delhi? Right. So I think um, several the first, uh, like I mentioned, the, the biggest challenge, of course, was to educate, um, you know, their pr- prospective clients in terms of what the league stood for, what does football in India really mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then, of course, what a club meant in terms of, you know, a vehicle for them to connect with their, you know, target audience. So, a mm-hmm. um, couple of challenges, uh, very, you know, known, uh, you know, cricket being a sport where IPL, the, the T20 tournament, has been a commercial success. Brands have kind of, you know, understood how they want to, uh, you know, kind of associate with IPL. Mm-hmm. So the biggest challenge we had was we were being seen under that uh, lens. As you know, how do you compare against uh, the cricket property in terms of viewership, in terms of, uh, you know, the TV, the reach, the audience, the stadia, how, how many people millions of people are going to watch, et cetera, et cetera. And there was comparison. So that that was, you know, um, uh, challenge, you know, the second challenge after the first one where people didn't really know much about ISL. Um, what happens and, and what, what I feel we did right in that context is actually we turned that around to our advantage. We realized that we had to find our sweet spot. Our sweet spot was not going to be the brands which are already putting a lot of money in cricket. Mm-hmm. Our sweet spot was going to be in brands which probably could not find the right returns in cricket at that stage. So there are there, there were brands out there, you know, when you work through agencies or on, on your own, you find uh, brands who thought cricket was too expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those we found easier to uh, uh, talk to and, you know, have a dialogue with in terms of what all we could offer. Um, I, I don't know, you know, how much you or the audience knows about how the Indian Super League itself has evolved. When we started, we were a short two-month league. 
mm-hmm. um, to where now we are, you know, we're trying to get into a proper, uh, you know, a league format, you know, about six months long. Right. So um, right. that in, in terms of the uh, evolution, you know, it has helped us because now we have a longer time period in which we have our assets, whether it's our players, whether it's our coach, whether, you know, the kind of activations we can do with our sponsors on the ground, uh, you know, that time period has increased. So those are some of the things that are, um, you know, helping us right now. Uh, specific to uh, Delhi, uh, the challenge is a little different. The challenge in Delhi itself is that it's a tough, it's a tough market when it comes to sports business. And it's across, it's across all sports. It's not only about football. Uh, so it is, it is tough. It is tough to get uh, brands uh, to uh, really put their money on a sporting event just because they have a lot of other avenues available uh, in the market to use their marketing dollars. Mm-hmm. So our, our challenge right now is to basically say, all right, you know, what is it that we can do in addition to the normal, you know, let's say if, you, if you're a brand and you come on our jersey, uh, the kind of visibility we can give you on screen, yes, you know, that's a given. But what is it that we can do with you, you know, kind of customized for you? And that's what uh, seems to attract some of the brands here uh, in Delhi or Northern India. Uh, but wouldn't you think the opportunity with, uh, say, a team like Delhi is to capture the entire North Indian market? And from that perspective, it might be a little enticing or easier for brands to really look at why Delhi being um, you know, a more viable option for them if they were really targeting the whole North Indian market to be, to be more precise. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that is one of the one of the selling points that we have. We being the only uh, ISL team I in the entire northern, northern India, right. uh, that definitely gives us. But I think, you know, end of the day, the brands what they're looking for is um, what is the uh, real connect right with their target audience. So, yes, yes like I said, we, we we will be broadcast on TV and uh, it will be shown, you know, uh, all over India and North India, but the ability of the club to really engage with the audience in the market is what the brands are now looking for. So what I mean is in Delhi, for example, in Delhi and CR, we are able to right now successfully run projects, run football clinics, run soccer academies, you know, basically reach out to to kids, girls, to boys, to their parents, you know, schools, colleges, Mm -hmm. really be out there, you know, physical touch points. Okay. And this is what I meant by, you know, some of the customization. The brands are really looking for that. So, yes, of course, you know, my very first slide in uh, my pitch talks about entire northern India with a population of 300 million, right. which is bigger than most countries in the world. But um, what really comes out is, you know, what can I really do? Can I really touch these 300 million? The fact is right now I cannot. Mm-hmm. In terms of our, in terms of our vision, yes, of course, we want to reach there over a three, four year period uh, from now. But mm-hmm. what we want to do is capture in uh, bits. So we want to make sure first Delhi NCR, the national capital region, right. with, you know, 20, right. 22 million people, that itself is an extremely attractive uh, market. So right now we realize uh, that the focus really needs to be on Delhi NCR, you know, uh, do well here and mm-hmm. then expand. So we have now started a soccer school in the neighboring state of uh, Uttar Pradesh. Uh, we are uh, launching something in uh, Punjab. You know, we are looking, we have, uh, you know, Real Kashmir FC, which is a great story out of Kashmir. Phenomenal. Yeah, excellent. So 
we've been uh, talking to them in terms of having a partnership. Uh, we've been playing, you know, friendly games. We want to expand that into things like player exchanges, etc. And then, you know, basically uh, get into some of those areas and then tell the brands, yes, we can actually give you access to entire Northern India. That's 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 wonderful. I mean, you touched upon the um, Real FC um, Kashmir topic. I mean, they the the story that they have gone through, the journey that they've been through is is extremely phenomenal. And then uh, they they yes. they could have been on top of the uh, I League. Um, I want to say if they had won yesterday. So yeah. um, that that's an amazing story, and it's good to good to hear that um, you know Delhi is trying to work with neighboring clubs in the region and trying to build a strong portfolio itself for itself as well as football in India. No. no, absolutely. And I think just if I may add, you know, for me, mm-hmm. uh, for, whether it's them, whether it's uh, Minerva FC, you know, in Punjab, we, we we actually are all part of the same ecosystem. And this is absolutely. what I tell not only them, but I also tell the other ISL clubs, you know, we're still too nascent. You know, the sports uh, ecosystem is so small mm-hmm. that it's better mm-hmm. that we really help each other and partner each other to grow because it's only going to help everybody. And that's 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 kind of our club's ethos is we want to really work with as many, and we don't want, you know, even small academies, soccer schools to see us as threats. We would mm-hmm. rather see them us as their, you know, partners in this whole journey. Have you seen the brands change their perception over the last couple of years, Ashish? And also, how have the fans reacted to some of the initiatives that Delhi has taken over, um, say, an 18-month or a 24-month period? Uh, brands, you know, of course, yes, we are seeing a, a change. We are seeing a positive uh, change in terms of that. And, and I think one of the reasons is because we have also, like I was saying, kind of identified and understood mm-hmm. what would be attractive to brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I clear? You can hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, what's happening is we are able to reach out to more uh, companies, brands, prospective partners, whether it's for you know a sponsorship deal, whether it's for a barter deal. Uh, mm-hmm. We're getting, you know, much more positive discussions. Um, what we have also done is, you know, we've launched a girls' inter-school league in Delhi recently, along with uh, the Delhi Football Association. Uh, we want to make sure that every girl child in Delhi gets to mm-hmm. participate in it eventually. And, you know, the Delhi government is supporting it. Now, these kinds of initiatives are making us more visible in the market. Right. And, um, you know, uh, the brands want to talk to us. Uh, for example, one great example is uh, the brand Gatorade. I can, you know, mention them because mm-hmm. Gatorade, you know, is one of those brands which every sport, you know, it's it's every sporting club would like to have as a partner, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we, we are the only club in the entire country where mm-hmm. Gatorade is right now a partner. It's, it's because they've seen the value in what we do at the, uh, what is the, you know, the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. Of connecting, right? So this is the kind of uh, conversations and you know the engagements we are able to get. I think coming to the second part, yes, I think uh, you know our stakeholders, whether it's the fans, whether it's the people who are living in uh, Delhi, they're they're seeing much more of us. We are getting much more uh, visible. So to be honest, you know, two years ago, I you know when I started here, I'm new to New Delhi, by the way, you know. So when I moved in, you know, had a few contacts, would go and meet them. Most of the people, they kind of knew what Delhi Dynamos, but they really didn't know what we did, where we played, you know, when mm-hmm. was the season. The market just didn't know us. Right. Uh, to now, you know, when I go for certain, you know, like private uh, parties and, you know, socially when you're talking to people, 
people seem to know what Delhi Dynamos is. A lot of them uh, say that it's their kids who expose them to Delhi Dynamos. So to that, for us, that's the great uh, example because that's how we want to grow. Is you know we the kids are going to be our future fans and hopefully they'll relate to us as their city's club. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, just to get a little bit off tangent, but you know one of the key challenges we have in Delhi NCR market is because they are so exposed to what's happening globally. The kids and even the youngsters and you know every every adult who watches football is watching, you know the best in the world. They're watching EPL, they're watching La Liga. You know in India we have the fortune that every big game gets broadcast, right? So everyone's mm-hmm. watching. Them. So our our trick is you know how do we convince the same people to come and also follow us, also enjoy our game, which obviously is not going to be at that level mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, how do we make them uh, connect with us? With our players, you know that that's that's, and that's where we are seeing things change slowly but surely. This is wonderful to hear, especially the inside-out approach where you have taken initiative to build um, programs and initiatives from within the club itself, and that that creating an environment for brands and then the stakeholders such as fans to really engage themselves with. So it's really good to see. Um, you know, you've the, the 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 club itself making these initiatives and trying to build that inside-out approach going forward. I mean, that's that's just wonderful to hear. Um, you know, I just wanted to shift gears a little bit and, you know, talk to you about you in particular and, you know, like touch upon some of the factors that excited you to take up the job of the CEO at Delhi. Um, you know, talk us through some of those. What 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 really enticed you to, you know, you know take this step ahead and come to Delhi Dynamos? Yes. So on a lighter note, if anyone who's going to listen to this, who's from Bombay, is going to say, why the hell would anybody leave <laughs> Bombay and move to Delhi? Right. So I'm a typical Bombay boy. Uh-huh. Um, but all right. So coming to the thing, the, the, re- the, the thing that really attracted me and still attracts me about Delhi is is the challenges. It's, okay. it's, it's okay. the most challenging market. Uh, you know, I, I said that before. Um, it is difficult to convince people to, uh, you know, put their dollar on this when they have a lot of other avenues, whether you're a consumer, whether you're a brand. So all those, you know, that, that's that's the big challenge. So um, that was number one. Number two is the, um, you know, the access to government. Now, this may sound funny, but, you know, having not been in Delhi, it's always very difficult to kind of deal with government. One always sees that as a, kind of a headache, you know, kind of an irritant. But being in Delhi, uh, you know, you're close to the sports authority, to the ministries, to a lot of embassies. And, you know, that's been uh, one of the wonderful things that has happened is, you know, every game that we play, we have at least five or six embassies that send their diplomats to our games. And this is something we started last year, and this year it's really taken off. And, you know, it's almost like our... You know, the director's lounge is almost like a mini United Nations every game. Right. And and the 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 benefit to us, other than obviously you know having them there, high profile people, is that through them we are getting access to some of their companies who want mm-hmm. to invest in India, who in could India. probably possibly become our partners or sponsors. You know, through them, get access to some of the clubs or players or agents that they have out there. So, this is something that also excites me uh, mm-hmm. about Delhi. Um, the third challenge, I think the biggest challenge coming into Delhi, which still remains, is, of course, you know, the 
the you know india is like a continent so every, every place every region has its own it's very different uh, style yes. is different you know uh, style of working and you know when you're working as a professional club you expect uh, a certain kind of behavior and every, every place will come its nuance so, you know chennai had its challenges mumbai has its delhi has its challenge in terms of uh, work culture especially when it comes to managing your your vendors mm-hmm. a lot of times you know yes does not mean yes and no doesn't mean no and timelines uh, you know are very flexible the way they work so those are the kind of things that you have to kind of overcome and you know learn to live with it because end of the day you have to deliver uh, on time so that's that's challenging but all all these challenges are what uh, really attract me to delhi you know delhi if you look at the positives are one of the highest uh, in terms of gdp income in the country mm-hmm. best infrastructure in terms of you know if you see public transport roads uh, even uh, the stadium for example you know it's a wonderful uh, facility uh, where things are all ready we don't have to do too much to actually right. prepare the stadium of course the problem is it's not a, a full uh, football stadium it's a multi purpose so it's a little mm-hmm. too large mm-hmm. a large athletic track but having said that you know there there are a lot of positives going for delhi um, most of the large businesses multinationals you know they have headquarters in the delhi national capital region there's a large uh, youth population because of the it and you know some of those industry the new startup industry so mm-hmm. there's a lot going for delhi and uh, you know this is what uh, keeps me going so clearly you are somebody who likes to put himself out of out, out of his comfort zone because you've moved from both from <laughs> you you moved to south of india which is itself a challenging market especially for football and then you moved to the northern part of both the country so talk us through some of a little bit of the leadership and management changes that come with moving organizations at the at the sea level especially in a sport like football and what differences did you find apart from obviously the cultural differences between the southern part and the northern part but working in football itself how was your experience working in the south very different from the north of india if i can put it that way ah uh, sure sure so i think um, it it begins with uh, you know the external factors the the way the the, the city way the, the way the fans the way your prospective clients behave So, mm-hmm. for example, in Chennai, what happened is, like I said, you know, it was not a typical football market. But what what works there is that people connect with something which is of the city. So, right. if you look at the, the Chennai IPL team, it was crazy following when we went there. Mm-hmm. Now we had the benefit of having uh, Mr. Dhoni, who was the mm-hmm. captain of the cricket team, come in as our co-owner. Mm-hmm. um and that you know that really helped we had mr abhishek bachchan you know big uh, bollywood superstar mm-hmm. as as one of our owner so we had to begin uh, that to begin with and then having uh, a marquee uh, manager world cup winner marco matarazzi as our uh, coach, coach in the first three seasons mm-hmm. one of the things that we deliberately did is first three seasons we we did not change the coach we kept the same set of four or five uh, impact making players mm-hmm. so by the time we were in the second season by the way, the one that we actually won the cup mm-hmm. um you know the, the the stadium was full people were actually uh, you know recognizing these players uh, when they went out they were actually following them and suddenly chennai fc became you know these guys started oh, representing yeah hello and, sorry and how was your experience different um you know comparing that 
um, you know, at say different parts where you worked at, um, you know, even at Delhi, you didn't mention, I mean, I've, you, you didn't mention a couple of things uh, in terms of the market itself and how they, yeah. how it kind of like was different. But in terms of just the leadership and the management changes that come with, um, you know, both the organizations, how easy or difficult for the, was it for you to transition from working in, in Chennai and then at Delhi? At, at, uh, at sure. Delhi? Sure, sure. No, no. So I think um, it, it, it's, a, it's a challenge, but, you know, it kind of comes with, you know, your, the main thing is uh, man management skills, you know, as you, and it's not only in sport, you know, as you grow in any organization, that's the key. And, right. you know, as, as the CEO, I believe, you know, one should spend significant portion of one's time on, you know, the typical, what they call HR or, you know, a people management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that's the key. So, for example, in, in Chennai, like I said, I was employee number one. I was responsible for recruiting each and every person that joined, mm-hmm. uh, both on the technical squad, also on the management side, right? So I kind of was, uh, you know, knew some of them in terms of, you know, what they uh, wanted out of uh, joining us. So in that sense, it was a little bit uh, easier uh, for me. Whereas when you when I moved to Delhi, it was already an ongoing uh, club. I was the new person in here. So I had to make that extra, you know, effort to make sure that, you know, the people kind of uh, gain their confidence. They understand what I uh, want to achieve. I first needed to learn what they have achieved so far. What is it that, you know, they want to do and try to come to a consensus. And, you know, uh, so the team building uh, was a bit more difficult, I would say, in Delhi compared mm-hmm. to Chennai because, uh, you know, you're coming in new. Um but otherwise, I think at both places, you know, in, just like in any organization, you would have um, issues uh, with, you know, personnel. You may have issues with uh, your office, with your sponsors, with uh, the government. You know, in uh, Chennai, the, the stadium is owned by the state government, mm-hmm. whereas in New Delhi, the infrastructure is owned by the central government. Right. Both are actually very different in terms of how you deal with them. So in, in Chennai, it meant kind of towing the line of the local party, which was not really at the uh, center, but, you know, very strong locally, mm-hmm. uh, where we, 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 you know, had very little uh, leeway with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took time, right? It took time and, you know, we uh, understood how they worked, what worked for them. Whereas in um uh, Delhi is the central government, so things um, take much longer here. But you know, once they say yes or no, things then just move because maybe maybe it's the you know the inertia, <laughs> the central government. Yeah. But um, so a good example is the training ground. It it didn't take us very long to get a training ground from the state government in Chennai, but mm-hmm. they having given us the training ground, they also started using it. For a lot of their events, not only football, it was even you know non-sports events, and there was nothing we could do about it. Right. Um, whereas in uh, the center, it took us forever to convince them that there was a ready-made practice ground made for the FIFA Under-17 World Cup, which mm-hmm. was going to be unused after the World Cup. It made perfect sense for uh, you know the Delhi Dynamos as the club of the capital mm-hmm. to use that to maintain it to you know keep it up. Um, that went into very long dialogues and almost to the extent of I was involved in framing a policy, framing a policy for wow. what to do wow. on that ground when the World Cup got over. Now, 
Mm-hmm. In hindsight, mm-hmm. I, I think that's great because we could dictate that policy, right? In a way, right. dictate is a very strong word, but you know what I mean. So um, now, once that it has got sanctioned, you know, we have access to it, and our team practices there, and the infrastructure is world class. You know, we have a coach was an ex Barcelona youth uh, coach. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, this is this is great. The infrastructure that you're giving us for the team to practice and have its meals and you know just get together and have team meetings and all that so you know these are some of the differences but like i said it all comes down to you know managing people i mean that's very well put i mean in terms of both the challenges at the at the personnel level as well as as the organization level and what the organization really has to deal with on a day-to-day basis now you've gathered so much experience working in the Indian football and the sports industry over the last couple of years, or even like four or five years, yes. what have been some of the fundamental changes that you have seen since the time that you started to what it is right now? What progress, um, or even I mean, I, I don't think there's there's a negative um, uh, approach here, but has what kind of progress have you seen from a business standpoint? Right. So I think there are several fronts. First and foremost. What I notice is um, more and more youngsters want to get into sports management. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very unlike, you know, for example, my situation. It took me 20 years to realize I want to do sports management, right? right? So these are people right off the bat of undergrad. Right. Uh, they're, they're, some of them are still pursuing their undergrad and, you know, they are reaching out. And I, I really like the This is a good energy. problem to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the energy, the passion, the 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 awareness right. of what's going on in the world of sports, and that's great, you know, because uh, uh, we can always learn from people who come in with uh, fresh ideas, who have the energy. So that that's number one. Now, as a result of that, you will notice that there are quite a few institutes, training institutes, sports management degrees that are starting to get offered in India, and right. a lot of lot of uh, Indian students go abroad um, and, uh, you know, study. Now, the advantage for us is that a lot of universities from the Western world, from Australia, are talking to us and seeing if we can uh, partner them, right? So they, w- yeah. what are they looking for? Is they looking for students, access to college students in India, which, of course, you know, because of our business, we have. And what are we looking from them is, you know, sponsorships. We're looking from them um, uh, to provide us interns. And that works great for them because they have students who need internships. So we are seeing this kind of uh, kind of education um, uh, ecosystem also working now much more closer with uh, football clubs. The second uh, thing that we see, what I see in the market is the um, as the ecosystem grows, there are more and more people, players involved in sports. So whether they are service providers, whether they are equipment manufacturers, whether they are, um, you know, providing, uh, they're importing stuff, uh, whether it's medical, whether it's uh, to do with apparel, whether it's to do with, you know, uh, nutrition. There's, there's so, such a large avenue of uh, opportunities that are opening up connected with sports and you know football business um, and uh, luckily we are also witnessing in India you know a huge startup ecosystem which is getting funded if the idea is good so you know we are seeing more and more 
um, uh, interaction uh, with the industry, mm-hmm. established brands, new brands, you know, they always want to, you know, kind of exploring, working with us. Uh, and this is something I'm seeing it's increasing more and more. So, you know, that's that's kind of the uh, second benefit uh, change, sorry, positive change. The third one is on the on the government front. Um, it, there's obviously a recognition in government that sports is a great mechanism for them, you know, to reach out to the population. So, for example, when the World Cup, uh, FIFA World Cup came along, the prime minister himself spoke about football and he came up with a mission 11 million, which was basically to reach out to 11 million kids mm-hmm. in the country, you know, for them to play football, blah, blah, blah. So, all this is great for us because, you know, if it comes from the top, um, you know, uh, there's more um, benefits the more benefit and the people in government, bureaucrats are more amenable right. to right. listening to us. Um, so, you know, there are instances where uh, football clubs have been able to get stadium infrastructure improved or mm-hmm. get certain benefits um, uh, in terms of tax or in terms of certain other access to certain things in their uh, respective cities. So those kind of things are happening more and more. So from an overall ecosystem in sports, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot more um, interaction, a lot more growth. Um, What is the key, of course, is that, you know, we all need to make our business model sustainable so that, you know, we can keep growing at this Mm -hmm. rate. You know, on the same, staying on the same topic, on the flip side, what is the need of the R with respect to Indian football and the ISL? Well, uh, I think, again, uh, continuing from where I ended, I think the need of the hour for ISL for sure is that the ISL clubs, all of us need to constantly keep our uh, you know eyes on the business viability. Because end mm-hmm. of the day, uh, yes, you know, we, our, our, all of our, ISL's vision is to create a strong Indian football team. But, you know, for that to happen and for the whole ecosystem to be supported, we all need to make sure that, you know, uh, the returns or, you know, even if the clubs make losses, which are fine, but, you know, they need to show a trajectory where the club's valuations are going up. Mm -hmm. So I think the number one is that. And now in order for that to do, obviously, we need to do much more than what we're doing now in terms of, generating partnerships, revenues. Um, I think uh, all the clubs are doing a lot in terms of uh, scouting and, you know, getting youth, um, young players to play. You know, for example, we now have under 13, 15, 18, you know, various teams. Um, some of our youth players are getting now ready to play in the ISL. You know, some of them are getting into the Indian team. Um, that needs to happen. For the Indian football to really, uh, you know, the big things that need to happen are the Indian team's performance. Because the moment the Indian team starts doing well, there's more following, right? There's more fans. People uh, want to follow you. They want, you know, they they create heroes. We need more local football heroes. Um, You must have seen what uh, happened when Sunil Chetri requested people to come and see when India played, right? So that, that... now, we need more Sunil Chetri. Now, we can't have just one icon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that, you know, we at Delhi are, you know, really working hard at is creating uh, these youngsters who potentially can, you know, play for India and become heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Indian football uh, really, you know, needs that. 
And um, I think overall we are, you know, heading in the right direction in terms of the government policies and uh, support. But I, I think much more needs to happen at a faster rate now. Now, you did mention about business viability and then having a very sustainable model for this to be a very successful um, ecosystem itself uh, in, in sport yeah. and in there. Would you say that there's been a positive exchange of knowledge and ideas between all of the ISL teams as collectively to push the, the whole industry forward in the last couple of years? Or has there been any sort of a knowledge exchange that's been taking place with at the leadership level amongst all of the ISL teams? Uh, yes, I would say we could do much more. Okay. So one of the first level of exchange actually has been happening uh, more of a learning for all ISL clubs from our partners. So for example, Premier League has a partnership with the with the Indian Super League. Mm-hmm. So you know we we've, we've had delegations go uh, to UK. We've had delegations come from UK to us, you know, uh, explaining to us or you know kind of exchanging ideas on what uh, works uh, in the uh, some of the mature markets. Now at the ISL level, we do have you know we do have uh, forums. We have governing council. Where, you know we all get together and talk about our common issues. But at the moment, the majority of learning happens in an informal way, which means, you know, uh, two or three clubs would get together and, you know, exchange ideas in terms of youth development. Um, mm-hmm. They would exchange ideas in terms of, you know, how, how do we fill stadia, you know, especially markets where it's difficult to fill a stadium. You know, right. so those, those clubs kind of try to gravitate and discuss amongst them, you know, how to do that and learn from each other. But like I said, I think uh, this needs to actually increase. And, you know, um, again, just to repeat myself, we we are all part of this same ecosystem. So Mm -hmm. we're better off, you know, working together rather than, you know, seeing each other as a competition at this stage. At this stage, yeah. Now, on on being staying on staying on point, um, you know, what is the vision then for Delhi Dynamos in the next five years or the long term vision for the brand itself? Where does it see itself and how does it see it being a mover and shaker and trying to really influence the industry itself going, um, you know, into the future? Right. So our, our vision basically is to be the best club, uh, best ISL club in India, mm-hmm. um, whether it's on field performance, whether it's off field. Um, our main uh, aim is to reach reach a level where every young Indian uh, football aspirant aspires to play for Delhi Dynamos because they see a pathway to the national team. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, if you see the way we've gone about our uh, partnership, for example, we have with Aspire Academy, which is based out of uh, Doha. They are the ones in charge of, you know, the Qatari team, which as you may be following right now, Mm-hmm. are in the finals and they're, they're playing right now as we speak right um, that's that's the academy which is our technical partner who's also mm-hmm. helping us scout and nurture these uh, youth you know we have six of our boys who play played in the india under 23 uh, last time when we played in the saf championship so uh, we we are working on identifying and providing an environment where the youngsters are uh, really get uh, the exposure they need so that eventually they can, you know, play for the country. Right. That, that's a wonderful vision to um, for a football club to really have. And it's great to see that 
the leadership is really pushing that needle forward and really trying to shape the way that the brand also works with you know people within the industry clubs within the industry as well as international and global partners that are really helping influence uh, indian sport and indian football you know yeah. now really coming to something that's you know it's, it's a favorite question of mine i really love to understand <laughs> um, you know how people think what, how they move what what kind of leadership style that they have what does the day in the life of ashisha look like I'm very intrigued. <laughs> that's that's actually something even I'm trying to figure. Out. You know, you know, one the one one constant is that it's not structured at all, right? So if if somebody thinks that it's a typical CEO kind of a day when one you know goes into an office and you know it kind of has meetings and those nine to seven, nine to six, whatever, it's right. not like that, right? So number one, there are no fixed structured hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no concept of weekends mm-hmm. because for example the great example is we have a game coming up on this monday right. and today right. is today's friday so this weekend of course we are all working mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. maybe on wednesday or thursday if it's light we may take the day off right so mm-hmm. first and foremost uh, it's it's not structured in the traditional standpoint right. but if you if you see the you know a typical day or you know days involve two major kind of aspects one is what i would say as on field related and second is off field so on field would mean you know when we are in season um, you know invariably at least thrice a week i would go and see catch a part of the first team's practice uh, you know have some dialogue with the coach or the or the technical director or maybe some of the players just to understand where we are you know if a transfer windows coming up mm-hmm. are we you know what's the kind of requirements we may have if there are some players on rehab you know really finding out from the medical team what's going on just just to get the pulse of where the team is because otherwise it's very easy to kind of lose focus when you're not yourself you know being hands on uh, with this uh, also to understand uh, you know especially for foreign players when they come in you know india and you know delhi are not that easy places to straight away uh get accustomed to so you know spending time with them sometimes i even go and meet their families you know uh, to see how how, how they are coping so that kind of on field uh, another on field thing is you know when we have games so like next two days i'm going to be at the stadium looking right. at our you know the entire arrangements whether it's housekeeping hospitality the guest list the ticketing security you know, um, you know the whole work so that's the on field and off field is uh, of course you know either in the office uh looking at our uh, accounts you know there's always some legal stuff happening uh, you know of course there's the the marketing and the, the best the fun part is the is you know talking to or meeting uh, prospective clients and sponsors right so mm-hmm. that's that's the the, the off field which happens the, the 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 job does come with a lot of lot of fun elements and what i mean by fun is you know sometimes i I have to watch football games as part of my work so you know that's uh, that's the fun part you know the other fun part like i mentioned earlier i got to deal with some of the top celebrities sports persons bollywood uh, people in the industry as part of my job you know so this this is the the fun well, or the glamour well, part glamour well, part well, of uh, my day which which is sometimes unfortunately people only look at that and say hey, you know you got it made but then there's right. a lot of a lot of tears and hard work that happen in the back 
Absolutely. And I mean, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I learned today speaking to you that, you know, the job as glamorous as it sounds, but you're doing a whole bunch of things from a technical side to even making appearances in the stadium and trying to like find out how the hospitality is, you know, how the how security arrangements are. And, and that's, it's just wonderful to see that you've had that um, or the job itself creates such kind of an opportunity where you really have uh, the chance to touch so many facets that, you know, people sometimes only get a chance to end up working like one vertical. So it's really wonderful to see that your day is kind of like filled. And I know I, I know that because we've been trying <laughs> to have this conversation for a while and I know it, it, it can be really demanding and, you know, you're always on the move. So and I worked for a, I worked at New York City FC here for about right. uh, for my internship. And, you know, just from that experience, I mean, it's never comparable to yours. But I can understand what you mean in terms of, you know, you're working on weekdays. You're also working on weekends because that's when the games are. So it really takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Sometimes you're working seven days a week and, you know, you don't even get that Wednesday off sometimes to really, you know, like, <laughs> you know, relax. And you know, it's just it's just a grind. But it's, it's a wonderful experience, as you said, you know, just to see fans and people come in, share that joy with the team, you know, success, loss, whatever yes. it is, you know, sharing. It's a collective experience and, you know, being part of it is such an amazing, it, it's an amazing journey in itself. Well, Akash, I can tell you one one big, uh, and I find myself, you know, repeating this. You know, when I was doing my the IT work, mm-hmm. I just could not explain to my two young boys what I did in the office. <laughs> now it's simple; they know what I do, and it's great. You know, they, they they enjoy it, and I enjoy it, and that's that's one of the perks of this job. Uh, that sums, sums up your entire experience <laughs> and your whole journey in like one line. You know, this whole yeah. podcast of 40-45 minutes has been summed up in one line. <laughs> so that's 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 the highlight and that's the best the, that's the best piece of this entire conversation. Now, you know, really shifting gears, you know, coming to somebody who's broken into the industry in a very untraditional way. Um, what would your advice be? to people who are really trying to break into the sports industry. It could be both. I mean, this will be better coming from you because you're somebody who's worked traditionally in a non-sporting industry for 20 odd years and then broken into the industry. So you can give me two perspectives or give our listeners two perspectives. One, people you know who are just entering the market, people like you mentioned, you know, sports professionals, uh, sports management professionals who are just out of university and people who are also you know have 10, 15 years of experience. What would your piece of advice be to them how can they really break into the Indian sports industry today? Right. So I, I think, you know, um, and this is a question I get asked a lot, a lot of uh, presentations and I go and meet uh, college students. I, for, for me, the, the key, the key um, attribute is passion. Uh, right. The passion in sports. And that's something which is very difficult to, to fake. Right. So, you know, the passion comes out when you're talking to somebody, when you're seeing somebody work. And to me, more than uh, an actual degree in sports management, it's it's the passion, it's the hard work, it's the ability to look at the bigger picture. Uh, you know, those are the attributes that make at, at the at the higher level. That's what uh, I would say to any youngster. You know, so if you're mm-hmm. actually Pursuing a sports management degree, that's great. That's a bonus. Mm-hmm. I you know, uh, uh, like to speak with uh, people who already have an idea 
of what the industry is about and they already have identified that's the vertical they want to be in. That's mm -hmm. great. But then to people who have chosen some other field of study or to people, like you said, who have worked in the industry for 10 or 15 years in something really different. To me, that, that, that's great. Everything that you do in life, uh, you have to remember, you know, there's got to be a learning. And if you can apply that learning uh, to, to what you want to do now, you know, nothing would stop you. So like in, in my case, it was, you know, I, I spent 20 years in IT and I thought, you know, what a waste, you know, how is that going to help me in sports management? Right. But the fact, the fact that I knew startups, the fact that I was passionate about sports, the fact that I took some risk and, you know, did some events around marathon, mm -hmm. all that just clicked, all that clicked. One fine day, somebody saw value in it, not me, somebody else, right? They approached me and said, you know, we see a fit. So I think that one, one shouldn't be too, too kind of... Uh, you know, structure saying, you know, I want to reach this point. I can only reach in a straight line. It's not like that. So what you need to, to really do is, you know, whatever you do, do with, you know, full commitment. Uh, if your passion is sports, you know, there, there is nothing that can really stop you. Um, mm -hmm. Now, having said this, this is at a very generic level that I'm talking, right? Now, within sports, you know, there are going to be various verticals, whether it's marketing, whether it's operations, whether it's the technical side of sports, uh, whether uh, you want to actually be an athlete or mm -hmm. a, you know, a sports medicine expert, whether you want to, you know, you love technology, you love analyzing data, you know, uh, sports analytics, huge uh, potential, whether you want to, uh, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you want to, uh, you know, to a startup related to sports, you know, this is the right time, the right time in India. You know, there's a lot of awareness. The ecosystem exists for, uh, you know, the funding, the right ideas. Failure is no longer a bad word in this country. And, you know, I'm really glad we are seeing mm -hmm. more and more of this um, uh, Silicon Valley concept coming into India. So, you know, th this is the time. Uh, if you're If you're at any stage of your career, you want to, um, do something in the sports field, um, you must explore. That's that's wonderful piece of advice um, that anybody can can you know can take away from from listening to this podcast. Um, you know, personally, I've I've learned so much from this conversation today, and I'm inspired to say the least from the journey <laughs> that you have had. And um, you know, I I want to I, I I want to ask this one one final piece before I let you go as well. You know what? What might be your advice to somebody like me, who is not currently in India, who is out, you know, either studying or working outside of the country? How can they have an impact in the sports industry today, if they were to, you know, you know, try and do something from here? You you mean with with respect to the Indian sports industry, right? With the Indian sports industry, it could be Indian yeah. football. Uh, either way, sure. um, how can they really make an impact from being outside of the country itself? Right. So now in today's age, I think, you know, uh, distance doesn't matter anymore. So one thing, of course, uh, is that you need to reach out to people like what you have done, Akash. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's social media, whether it's using your personal contacts, because end of the day, the Indian sports industry is not large today. It, right. It's it's fairly small. Very if you want to read, if you want to read somebody, you make the effort, you will read somebody. So. Right. Number one uh, advice or, you know, uh, suggestion is that uh, network, 
as much as mm-hmm. possible. Uh, reach out to people. Don't be, you know, shy or hesitant about, you know, what the other person may think. Yeah, that I, you know, I just have this idea or, you know, I don't have the experience. Don't, don't, don't worry. Uh, there are people like me out here, you know, constantly needing help in terms of uh, skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, we understand and I understand, obviously, that sports domain of football is something you will learn along the way. But there are so many other skills that you're looking for. So that's one. Second is, you know, phys- physically, let's say you don't want to uh, be in India, but you are wherever you are. Uh, but you have an idea, you have a product, you have a service that you want to uh, explore, you know, the Indian market as business. Now is the time, you know, you could come through, say, for example, the Indian Super League. I know all the time the Indian Super League office sends us mailers introducing mm-hmm. us to some club or some company or some person who has uh, approached them with a particular idea or, you know, a product or uh, a software or or just a, just an agent who wants, you know, uh, wants to explore for his players. So, mm-hmm. you know, go, go to the apex bodies, whether it's the cricket, whether it's football, whether it's badminton, wrestling. You know, there, now there are leagues in all the sports, pretty much all the sports in India. Right. So, you know, approach them, through them, you know, uh, it would be faster to get uh, access to the uh, various sports clubs or, you know, uh, people who are in the sporting industry. So I, I, I think uh, both for people who obviously want to actually work in India or who mm-hmm. want to be outside and, you know, uh, be partners with us, uh, just just reach out. I think there's tremendous. You know, we have uh, people from, oh, uh, you know, Australia, Czech Republic, Slovenia, Bolivia, uh, other than, you know, your England, Spain, US, you know, who approach us. I mean, mm-hmm. these are people who, who send emails, you know, who cold call, and you'll find majority of people will will at least hear you out. You know, right. whether you, you you actually make a business or connection out of it is, you know, obviously depends on a lot of other factors. But mm-hmm. because we are new, because we are learning, because we are hungry to grow, we are looking uh, for expertise from all over the world. Right. This um, thank. Thank you so much for that, Ashish. It's 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 great uh, advice that you've given, and you've been really generous with me as well. Um, you know, ever since I reached out to you, and you know, wanted to have this um, this idea of the podcast that I that I wanted to float by you. So, sure. I mean, I can I can definitely say that you're somebody who's willing to you know have a conversation with people and and give them a chance and you know give them a chance and 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 get and hear them out and hear what what propositions they have so it's been great from personal experience i can tell you that so thank you so much for joining me this week it was a pleasure to learn about your wonderful journey you know i've learned so much from you know the life that you've had as a ceo and that it goes beyond just the boardroom and it's the risk and the passion that really helps you get places so to the listeners out there, you know, be smart, be brave, be calculative. And, you know, as Ashish said, reach out to people. I think that's the most important thing in our industry today. So thank you so much again, Ashish, for being on, on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Akash. It's been my pleasure.